Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, the ultimate podcast for flavor seekers and cocktail enthusiasts alike. I'm Matthew Henry, your fearless cocktail guide, and joining me is the incredible Ben Henry, the mastermind behind our liquid adventures. Together, we'll serve up laughter, mind-blowing recipes, and brotherly banter. Get ready for a spirited journey through the art of mixology as we share our passion for all things cocktails. Cheers to giant cocktails where the drinks are giant, the fun is endless, and the flavors are out of this world. Welcome, Ben. How's it going? It's it's going well, Matthew. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> ChatGPT just keeps delivering, man. I, I, I know. Like, so, um, I mean, it's not quite... As long as it was a few weeks ago. I, I actually asked it to shorten it this time. I was like, okay, that was good, but it was a little too long. And so this is what came up. So Okay. Okay. Well, this is this was nice. This was nice. It did it did feel a bit a little bit like it was running on. And I think it's making a lot of promises that that I'm not sure we can live up to. But, oh no, it's it's we're totally not living up to any yeah. of the things that it said. Right. Uh, mastermind, uh, yeah. incredible. No, uh, you know all those things. Just, just forget that, listeners. I mean, just you know, we're yeah. gonna do our best. To, it's clear that to... ChatGPT does not listen to the show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, if it had, it's got ears. high hopes for us, though. I it like does. that. You it know? does. It does. It believes in us, which is nice. <laughs> which is nice. I mean, you know, if that's one good thing about AI, then I'll take it. You know, if nobody else believes in you, at least this artificial thing does. Yeah. Well, you know, you ask it to do insults and it tells you like, well, that's not really nice. And I don't feel like. I oh, should right. Be yeah. Yeah. That, OK. You know? So okay. it's, you know, at, at its uh, core, mm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. been pro- it's been programmed to, 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 to think better of people. I think. Right. 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 So otherwise, how's it going? It's good. Uh, believe it or not, Matthew, right now I'm in Iceland again. I know I went last year and and I've probably already talked about this on the show. But I strangely don't remember it. This is all very confusing to me, quite honestly. I'm I'm sitting in my closet as I speak, but somehow I'm also in Iceland. It's all the very magic, confusing. the magic of podcasting. That's right. That's right. That's right. So so yeah, we're we're pre-recording some episodes um, to to reduce the load while I'm on vacation. And uh, I'm sure I'm basically having... listeners. He, he didn't want to like stop his vacation to record with his brother while he's in like six time zones away. So, you know, <laughs> well, we have to do this early. Right. So. So. The, 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 OK. OK. Look, it'll, it's three o'clock in the morning in Iceland at the time that we usually record. OK. So. So forgive me. Sure. It, the sun is up um, <laughs> because because right now the sun never goes down in Iceland. But. uh but but also, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I wasn't confident about the Internet because because as we speak, I'm actually traveling around the entire island. I'm on the ring road and oh. staying in a different hotel every night. And and the hotel Internet 
capabilities are unknown to me. And, uh, you know, it gets a little rural on the northern, eastern sides of of Iceland, in the Mm -hmm. east fjords and in the north. I think it also gets extremely rural in the what is called the west fjords. Oh, okay. Well, I have faith in the Icelandians. Okay, produce, so you so uh, you think we're going to record these next two giant cocktails episodes perfectly? <laughs> yeah, uh, the next two will be perfectly because we're doing it early. But uh, that's right. That's anyway, right. Mm-hmm. anyway. All right. Well, I'm glad things are are I'm glad things are good in Iceland mm-hmm. as we speak. I'm assuming anyway, uh, listeners. This could be the last uh, one of the last podcasts you ever hear from Ben. We we don't know. <laughs> well, that's dark. Could be eaten by a whale or whatever it is that are I love, in Iceland I love that, waters. That, and... I love though that that if I do get eaten by a whale, you're just still going to push the episodes. <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you would wanted. <laughs> right, right. That's what Ben would have wanted. No, what I want is a super sad long tribute to Ben. Well, that'll come after all the episodes. Oh, okay, are done. good. Then, yeah. Okay, then that's, fine, then. And, that's fine. That's fine. Then I'll just get on and I'll get totally drunk mm-hmm. and just talk about. And you know ben. what? You would be cool is if you could get just get one ad, one advertiser. Oh, just do one. I'm ad sure read. I could. Actually, this, here's that would be do. the one that would go viral. So yeah. I think yeah, we could. <laughs> That's get right. That. That's right. And then you get you get oh you do the ad read with Ben's AI voice. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Anyway, like we it. should get on to our question. Okay, that's a good. So, so speaking of vacation, mm-hmm. I was thinking about you because I don't go on vacations. Uh, what's so the sad. one thing when going on vacation that you always forget to pack? What is the one thing that I always forget to pack? Swim trunks. Or maybe that you have forgotten to pack or that you're always Swimsuit. worried about forgetting. Swimsuit. Swimsuit. Yeah. No, without fail, it is always the swimsuit. Uh, and it's not 100% of the time because, like, I have gotten better at it. But but swimsuit is most definitely high on the list. Which is funny because, like, every trip I go on, it's absolutely required. Must have. <laughs> like, 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 that is a large part of the trip. And believe it or not, even though I'm going to Iceland... It is a big part of this trip as well because one of the big things to do in Iceland is to go to all these like geothermal baths, and oh. uh, and so yeah, so you got to have it, and um, yeah, without fail, I you know huh? there's there's a good chance that I forgot it on this trip. So in a couple of weeks, we'll hear adventures of Buff Ben at the baths. <laughs> um, it is not allowed, but they do sell swimsuits at most of these sites. I'm sure they do. Yeah, because yeah. of that reason exactly. <laughs> well, that and just the weirdos that want to go into the thermal baths naked, which I'm sure there are many. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't go on vacation a whole lot, uh, but you know, I do travel for work and occasionally do get out on a vacation. And uh, for me, uh, it's always like the things that go into my toiletry bag. So mm. something will be forgotten. Toothpaste, deodorant. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to the point now where I, I have an extra set in my toiletry bag so that I don't actually have to forget it, putting right. it in there. But inevitably, I still forget something. Like right. It's just, uh, and then it's, you know, I've learned that most hotels, fortunately, will kind of go, ah, oh, we got you, you know, and they'll give me a little yeah, sample yeah, they of got whatever. The little but, kit. Yeah. <clears throat> but there have been times where I've had to go down to the local CVS and get deodorant, for example, something like that. Because Yeah. Uh, one of these days, I'll figure it out. I just went to the Costco here in Iceland Ooh. to get whatever I forgot. You know, in, in bulk size. I want you to go to the Costco in Iceland. I did go to the Costco in Iceland already. Oh, did you? I just can't tell you about it. Again, the whole time travel thing. It's very Okay. All right. Well, maybe you can tell me about it. I'll tell you about it in the future. Yeah. All right. All right. So I think it's time for (gasps) Tip Tip of of the the day. Day! 
Tip of the day. Tip of the day. And I, I got to thinking, mm-hmm. speaking of Costco, yesterday I was at Costco, and I really had no intentions of buying any booze, but as one does, you kind of head down the booze aisle just to kind of see what they have. Did you get the $1,000 um uh, no, no, nothing of a thousand dollars. Oh, I did spend a thousand dollars yesterday, but eight hundred dollars of that was for tires for my car. <laughs> well, that's uh, but boring. <laughs> but, so that's why I was actually perusing the aisles because I had some time to kill, and so I went up and down the aisles of the booze, and I found a very large bottle of Elijah Craig small batch bourbon for a very good price for the volume that you got. Right. And so I was like, well, I got to get that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need bourbon, but I use a lot of bourbon. Right. And eventually, I will use that bourbon. And so it got me thinking that that would be a really good tip because I think that there are times when you definitely want to get the Costco size bottle. And there are times when you want to get the small, you know, kind of intro level bottle of whatever cocktail uh, ingredients you're looking at. And, Mm -hmm. And so for me... And it kind of alludes to last week's episode, or a couple of weeks ago episode at this point. Time travel. Uh, when we when we talked about uh, we talked about what your four main components, you know, of a, opening up your bar would be. Yeah. And if you got a main component spirit, go ahead and get that big bottle because you're gonna use it, and 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 it would actually save you money uh, to buy the bigger bottle because eventually you're gonna use it. And the great thing is that spirits don't really go bad. Correct. And so you can keep that there for a long time. Whereas, you know, Campari or some of the other kind of uh, liqueurs and Amaros that you may or may not you know, need very often, definitely I think that would be the time to go with some of the smaller bottles. Yeah. Uh, that way it doesn't take as much room in your bar and you don't have to figure out what to do with all this this extra stuff that you've got. Right, because those, those lower ones, those, those ones that have a lot of extra ingredients, they can definitely succumb to oxidation for sure, and that'll change the flavors. Um, well, because they have a lower alcohol. That too, right? right? They have a lower so, ABV, yeah. and they have more more sugar. I mean, sugar is in some sense it's a preservative, but not 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 nearly as good as alcohol on its own by itself. And um, and and it can grow funky stuff and funky yeah. funky flavors, and uh, even in your refrigerator. And then, of course, you know, if you've got a lot that need to be refrigerated, they're taking up a ton of space in your refrigerator. I completely agree. When I was when I was stocking up recently for these for these shows, I, I was you know I was I was having the same thought of like if I want to get a specialty ingredient, and in this case, I was buying some Cointreau, which usually I do get the bigger bottle because I do use it quite a bit, but I hadn't been using for a bit for a while, so I went with the three seventy five milliliter one, hmm. and uh, and you know it was it was like. 60% or 55% of the price of the 750 milliliter, right? So I was definitely losing money per, you know, per volume. Per ounce, yeah. But but it was like, at the same time, I'm like, I haven't been using this at an exceptional rate. It's going to take up a ton of space in my in my um, bar. And, and the amount of money that I'm spending up front now is, is such a, a huge amount compared to what I would spend otherwise. Although with inflation these days, Matthew, it's just kind of like, you know, spend your money fast because it just gets less and less valuable. So, um, 
But yeah, completely agree. And then it's also nice because then you have just all these little bottles, right? How often do you need Luxardo? Get the little bottle of Luxardo and then get the little bottle of the Cointreau and get the little bottle of all the other liqueurs. And then you can set them up in this cool little like stylish arrangement. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're, they then become like little decorative items as well. Good tip. Good tip. Oh, all right. Well, in the magic of time travel, I'm trying to do the math. And mm. I think that due to time travel, it is your turn to go first today. Oh, cool. So I am going to ask you the question we always ask. What are you drinking today, Ben? What they drinking? As uh, as my as my uh, uh, the barber suggested, he's like, I think you should name your show "What They Drinking." <laughs> that's a good one. It is a good one. I was like, man, that's yeah. hip. It's young. He's like, yeah, exactly. He says, he says, and then an old guy like you, you could that could be your thing. This guy's a little bit younger than me, so you know, you know. <laughs> he called you an old guy. Yeah, huh? <laughs> like I guess when you're young, they're just like old's just something that happens. And I'm like, hey, when you actually get there. Mr. Buddy in your short shorts. Um, you get a little sensitive. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. He's actually he's actually not super young. He's like middle young. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what they drinking? Uh, what they drinking? What they drinking? Uh, today I'm actually presenting a classic, a classic that we I think have avoided. Well, I've been avoiding it because I thought we'd already done it on the show, but it turns out I went through our records and I'm like, no, we've never done this one. So today, Matthew, I am presenting. A sidecar. A classic. We've never done that? I don't think we've ever done it. There's Okay, there's a couple episodes from our early, early days where we didn't list the cocktail in the recording. Sorry, in the notes anywhere. No, okay. And so it's possible we did it in the one or the two episodes. No, you're probably right, though, because I don't think we would have done something like this. Yeah, no, no. Uh, So, yeah, today I'm bringing the sidecar, which is a very classic uh, cocktail. I believe it's pre-prohibition. Um, and, uh, it's a very simple cocktail. It only has, uh, three, um, three liquid ingredients. Uh, there is a very important fourth ingredient, which some people say is optional, but in my book is totally not optional. So, <laughs> so what are the, what are the, what's in the sidecar? A sidecar is a cognac or brandy, but it's a cognac cocktail. So it's two ounces of cognac, one ounce of orange liqueur. I'm using Cointreau in this case. And then one ounce of lemon juice. So it's a two-one-one ratio cocktail, kind of like your standard sour. But playing the role of the sweetener here is the orange liqueur, which does not bring a lot of sweetness, right? Right. So this yeah. ends up becoming a very dry and tart cocktail. Um, doesn't have a lot of sweetness. And so, so to counter that, what has classically been done is that you sugar your rim on this cocktail. Uh, and so the way that you do that is you take a chilled a coupe glass. I prefer to do this in a coupe glass because it's got a wide rim, right? Yeah. And the wider yeah. the rim, the more sugar you're going to get on this. Um, and uh, Thinking ahead. That's, like that's right. <laughs> that's right. So you, you sugar it. You, and the way I do that is I just pour the sugar out onto a plate, right? And then I take a lemon wedge and I cut a slice in the lemon wedge uh, perpendicular to the length of the wedge, right? So like a little slice. And then I pop that slice over the side of the rim, and then I just run it around the side of the rim, right? So that kind of wets the the rim of the glass with lemon juice, and then you just dip that, put the whole rim of the glass into your plate of sugar. Now you got to have enough sugar on the plate 
to get a good coverage on the yeah. on there, right? And so don't don't cheat, you know. And I know you're gonna think to yourself, but I'm wasting my sugar. Look, look. Here's what you do: you pour the sugar out onto the plate. You make sure you're all by yourself; nobody can see you. You sugar the rim, right? Hey, you pour that sugar right back pour into the, the sugar, sugar bowl. back into the jar. Nobody's ever gonna know except you, nope. and you don't care. Okay, so that's how you don't waste it. Um, you know, if anybody gets sick or whatever, don't sue us. That sounds like a really bad idea. Actually, don't do that. Um, uh, one could do that, but it would probably be a bad idea. Anyway, so that's how you sugar the rim. Uh, and then you build the rest of your cocktail in, in, a, in a shaker as normal. So you combine the cognac, the, the, the Cointreau, and the lemon juice into a shaker with ice. Uh, you give it a good shake until chilled. Uh, and then you double strain directly into your prepared glass. And you pop a lemon garnish on top of there and enjoy. Uh, and like I said, the, the cocktail is is very dry. So, but you you want to, um, well, let me just take a sip of it on a part that I've already aggressively licked the sugar off of. Um, yeah, it creates a, a very tart and dry cocktail. Um if you really like that sort of thing, I guess you could leave the sugar off like a like a monster. Um, <laughs> but what you really want to do is you want to get a little bit of sugar on the sugar rim, right? You want to get and you kind of just move your way around the glass. And yeah, lick that sugar off while sugar you're taking off. a yeah. sip. Right, you just work that rim like you do. I'd like to commend your restraint for being vulgar in this moment. I don't know, ever know what you mean, Matthew. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. You're tempted. <laughs> Look, folks, you know you know how to work it, and uh, you just you just work around the edge as you go as you drink around the cocktail, and um, and you know if you're drinking with a friend, you might occasionally give them a you know a sly smile. <laughs> but anyway, it um this is really interesting because I I think because it's an older cocktail, right? It comes out of that era where. You know, balance on this side of things was was not very, wasn't really thought of, right? right. It was like, if you were providing balance, um, you were either putting a little bit of water in, maybe some grenadine. Um, but really, cocktails were like more hair on your chest than they are today, right? Um, but this was sort of that recognition of like, you know, not everybody likes that. And it's not really palatable. Uh, and so this was kind of an early way to, to accomplish that task of, of adding and providing balance. What I like about it is it kind of gives the, um, the person drinking the cocktail the choice, right? And it kind of creates this, this like different sort of experience as you, as you consume, consume the, the cocktail, um, which is, which is really kind of, you know, a fun sort of thing to do. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if you really want to get into it, you could just you could just lick all the sugar off at the end as a treat, right? To reward yourself <laughs> for having you know, um, for having consumed the rest of the dry cocktail. <laughs> now I see the look on your face. <laughs> and uh, or or you can do it at the beginning and then just be like, you know what? Uh, that was just you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just overwhelm myself with the sweetness before I really get into this cocktail. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Well, are you gonna leave I, all these silences I, in the? Yeah, I am. <laughs> in the I don't even know how to respond to some of this, but, <laughs> but, 
but what? I think but, the, the point that I no, I'm not going to comment on you. Uh, I'm going to comment on the cocktail. I think yeah. the fact that this is a pre-prohibition cocktail where you know they weren't so concerned with balance and all that, but the fact that they sugared this rim, mm-hmm. you know, really does speak to the fact that uh, there was some concern around <laughs> that this was too dry of a cocktail, right? Like okay, and. And I kind of wonder, was it was it targeted towards women? Because it feels like that might be, you know, back in the day, somebody thought, oh, this is like, you know, let's, mm, let's mm, make this a female, mm-hmm. a woman's cocktail. Right, kind of thing. right. Because of sexism. Well, right, of course. Right. We're way beyond that nowadays. Right. Um, well, I... I'd like to think anyway. I would like to think, no, I would like to think there were all kinds of cocktail consumers out there that were just like, man, I like my alcohol, but does it have to be so bitter? You know, like 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 me. Uh, gender has nothing to do with it. Uh, I think they were, they were a rougher sort back then, Ben. Yeah, they they'd seen some things, right? Okay, right. Well, they'd been through some things, right? They didn't really question whether their booze was sweet enough, right? Well, you know, I mean, if you think about it, this was kind of like before you know antibiotics were widely spread, so. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I guess everybody had kind of seen some things. And I think you just, you know, the alcohol, you just needed the alcohol. And and it just had to be able to go down. You know, <laughs> maybe this was for like, you know, bad when they just didn't have a, maybe this is for like when the cognac wasn't very good or the brandy wasn't very good. Um, but uh, but thankfully, we live in more um, sophisticated, uh, more advanced times these days. And um, we can just appreciate it for for the balance that it provides to the cocktail, um, right? Yeah. yeah, no, but actually, the, honestly, there isn't a lot of not much is known about why they sugar the rim, right? Mm-hmm. Not much is known about this cocktail in general, including the name. I was just to say, like, where did the name come from? Like, well, sidecar is it like a, somebody who's riding around in a motorcycle? Well, a well like, yeah, and... yeah, well, like most most names of these older cocktails, like like the names are very like nobody really knows, and there's like three different explanations. And they all mm. just sound kind of apocryphal. They just sound like just that's no way that could be true. Right. And so like a popular story is that this recipe was either made on the behalf of or made or was even made by a a patron at a bar. And they just kind of like breezed in one day in a motorcycle and they were riding in the sidecar. And they popped in and they said, make me this cocktail. And they're like, oh, this person came in a sidecar. So I'm going to name it sidecar. I don't know that I believe that because number one, like how many people, like how many bartenders see the vehicle that the person comes up in, right? You're inside. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe there was like a big window. I don't know. It just sounds ridiculous. And then also like, why would you be like, oh, this person came in a sidecar, so I'm going to call them sidecar. And everything they do is called sidecar. Um, The other explanation that I saw is, is that um, often when... Um, a cocktail, at least in the older days, I've never seen a I've never seen a bartender do this <laughs> when I've been ordering cocktails. But apparently, like sometimes when you made the cocktail and it didn't fit in the glass, oftentimes the uh, the bartender would put whatever remained in the shaker into a um, uh, a shot glass, and they would serve the shot glass next to the cocktail glass, and that shot glass was was called a a sidecar, right? Some of you might be familiar with this when you go to a diner um, and get a milkshake, but only if you live yes, in the... Those are the best diners, right, man. They yeah. give you the extra milkshake. Yeah, these only exist in the 1950s, though. So, uh, so yeah. So I like that explanation better. Um, in my case, though, I didn't have enough to create a sidecar, right? It, it, it barely filled my coupe glass. So, you know, um, 
that's where I think the title comes from, is from, from that concept, but it's really not known. It's not known why it's called the sidecar. Um, but nonetheless, I, maybe it refers to the sugar on the rim. Maybe. We'll never know. We'll never <clears throat> but, well, know. thanks for bringing this classic yeah. to the show. There you go. Right. The sidecar, a classic cocktail. It's fun to make. It's not that dry, folks. And it's fun to drink. Give it a shot. And it also is very educational in terms of, like, why balance in these things, these matter. So I, I strongly encourage everyone to try a sidecar and make one yourself at home at least once. All right. And so, all right. So there's the sidecar. Matthew, what are you drinking? What they drinking? What they drinking? What they drinking? Uh, well, I am drinking, surprise, surprise, a riff on an old-fashioned. <laughs> okay. And, and you know, I, I really enjoy the old-fashioned template of spirit, sweetener, and bitters. And I'm always looking for ways to kind of change things up and and add some complexity or different different ways of doing things and so I stumbled across a recipe on uh, Difford's guide which is a popular uh, bartending and s- a cocktail website yeah side uh, side thing I thought Difford's yeah. was like a hundred years old no the dude still he runs the su- the show yeah no he yeah. runs the site yeah. and he responds to comments and yeah and all that and f- in fact, that's a good point because actually the one that I'm presenting today is called the Toasted Ginger Godfather. And what I originally found was that uh, Difford had created a recipe, something like the Old Fashioned Godfather or Toasted Old Fashioned Godfather, I think is what he called it. And I was looking at that one and that one called for rye, bourbon and amaretto as it's uh, <clears throat> their amaretto was the sweetener. And and I was looking, I was reading the comments and somebody said that they had added some ginger liqueur to that. And he actually responded and said, I've tried your cocktail. I really like it. I've created it on this website and I gave you credit and he put a link to it. So that's the one that I'm actually bringing mm. today is a reader, a reader had suggested it. And so the toasted ginger godfather has one ounce of rye whiskey, and uh, in the recipe, it calls for uh, 100 proof. So the Rittenhouse bonded rye is a good one mm. to, to do for this one. Uh, but a high, a high proof rye whiskey is really what you're going after for that for that bite. And then one ounce of bourbon to go along with it, and then a third of an ounce of both ginger liqueur and amaretto. And then you add two dashes of Angostura bitters and you put all those ingredients in a mixing glass with ice and you stir until well chilled and diluted and you strain it into a rocks glass, preferably with one large ice cube and you garnish it with a candied ginger piece. And it's a really great take on the old fashioned and it provides uh, a real, you know, the blend of the whiskeys for, for, for the, to begin with is, uh, Genius, I think, you know, the the hundred proof rye and the bourbon uh, really provide a really boozy drink, you know, and uh, and then the ginger adds warmth and spice to it. And then the amaretto brings the sweetness uh, with an almond flavor, you know, which really adds something to the cocktail. 
The Angostura bitters, uh, I think, ties it all together. It provides balance and complexity. It's a really good cocktail. And it's one of those sipping cocktails. It is, uh, because of the amaretto and the ginger liqueur, it is um, a well-balanced cocktail, even with the 100-proof rye in there. And uh, I'm going to take a sip right now because I've been holding off. So it's a really, really good cocktail. Yeah. And you don't need to sugar this room. No. Yeah. No. It is just sweet enough. It's a nice balance. Um, I, I, I think if you wanted to have more more of the bourbon and the rye come through, then maybe a quarter of an ounce, maybe each of the two liqueurs. But uh, the third of an ounce was good for me. I, I really liked it. And it was it's an easy sipping cocktail to just, you know, nurture as you're, you know, reading websites or doing whatever you do online or just sitting around. It's uh, really nice. And so I recommend it highly. That is, yeah, it's really interesting looking at this, at the, at the, at this cocktail, just because the 100 proof rye whiskey I mean, that's a sharp bite, right? Yeah. That's a sharp bite. And so you, you, you know, typically this is a, something you would never drink neat or, or even, even on the rocks. Like you would just never drink a hundred proof rye by itself. I mean, there's some people that probably, there's some people that probably (laughs) do, but you know, um, whatever age they are, they look twice as old. Um, and they've seen a lot of things and, um, they just don't give, uh, you know, a sugared rim about anything. Right? <laughs> right. Um, but, but yeah, so in most cases, this is a, this is a, 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 something that you're going to be, to be mixing with. Right. Um, but in this case, you're not doing like, you're not bringing like strong acidity to it. You're not bringing no. a lot of like sweetness to it like with a with a sweetened soda or something like that you're you're doing it in layers right and the first layer is the bourbon which which you know cuts the the rye a little bit you know the bourbon has a little bit of a sweeter profile but again still that's a lot right and then you add the ginger liqueur and then you add the amaretto but now you've got a lot of sweet profiles right and sure you've got this kind of sharpness underneath it with the rye but it's not a really round flavor, right? Yeah. And then boom, you add the bitters on top and like, and that just kind of mellows, you know, rounds off the sharpness. I mean, this is really kind of genius. It is. Yeah. And yeah, it is a, if you like old fashions, this is a really nice riff on it. And, uh, and it's boozy. I'm already feeling yeah, it. Yeah. No, I this one is a boozy. Like this one, hour, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you've got an ounce of, uh, <laughs> You've got an ounce of 100 proof, and then you're putting a you're putting an ounce of bourbon on top of it. I mean, you're just short yeah. of a shot. I mean, that's like. And I'll, I'll be honest, the bourbon I'm using is 94. Okay. Proof, so, okay. Yeah. So it's not the 80 right. proof. You right. Know, so what you're saying bourbon, is, so. is that you're 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 half in the bag. You're you're three sheets right to the wind. Yeah. You're you're. I'm maybe two sheets. Two sheets. <laughs> but um, but I'm getting. Yeah. I'm getting you're you're, you're working on the third sheet, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, this really looks like a, a fun, a fun cocktail to, uh, I, I would call this a sipper. This is a sipper. Um, so the candy ginger, you just like throw that in there. Like it was a Luxardo cherry or what? No, I put it on a skewer. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, uh, you could just throw it in there. Why not? You know, sure. it's, it's at the end. That's the thing you're going to chew on at the end that you're going to get a little wow. nibble. Yeah. I don't know that I would chew candy ginger except unless I was already intoxicated, which with this, <laughs> With this cocktail, because everybody's bringing everybody's bringing something to the party here, 
right? Even the bitters, every ingredient in here has alcohol in it. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. It's a boozy cocktail. It's a boozy it cocktail. I like it. I like it. Um, wow. Yeah, no, very good. Very good. Well, folks, there you have it. The sidecar and the toasted ginger godfather. A, uh, a well-layered cocktail um, showing you how to balance things with, with more booze. And then a um, an older cocktail showing you how to balance things by by adding sugar to the rim, um, so that you can really get into that rim. As you do, as you may do. Oh, Ben! <laughs> Not that there's anything. And on that, that and on that note, folks, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us today. It's been lovely uh, discussing cocktails, sharing our cocktails with you. Uh, remember, if you want to get more giant cocktails, and why wouldn't you? You can always find us out there on the social medias. The Mastodon. <laughs> Are we going to keep saying Mastodon? Why not? Why not? Yeah, we're sure. all in. Sure. You know? Yeah, Mastodon. Uh, but really, we're heavily active on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, you can find us there. We love to interact with uh, with you all there. Um, so you can find us there. Um, another thing that you could do is you could tell your friends about us. And uh, let them know that you really enjoy the show. Um, or you could go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Uh, a positive review. If you if you want a negative review, that's what Twitter's for. No, sorry. That's what Mastodon is for. If you don't if you don't like the show, log on to Mastodon, tell us about it there, uh, and then nobody will see it. But if you really like us, go on to Apple Podcasts, uh, leave us a positive review. It really does help the show. Um, but really, nothing helps the show as much as you telling your friends. And uh, on that note, folks, it's been a wonderful uh, sharing our drinks with you. Matthew, it's been fun. And until next time, my friend, cheers. Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs>